If you are watching this on YouTube or listening to this podcast, wherever you are today, please hit that subscribe button, that follow button, so that you can stay current on the material that we are providing. But not only that, you then help us to spread the word to more people. You are vital in this mission to reaching our world of people just like you who are living in this nightmare. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us here today. And we are continuing on this journey of the stories of hope. And I have a guest with us here today. Her name is Jean. And Jean, thank you so much for being here and being willing to share your story of hope with this audience. Thank you for having me. So, so I met Jean uh, a while back. I'm actually not sure offhand how long it is, and maybe you remember. Uh, but can you give us kind of a little snapshot of, of the life you lived with the covert narcissist, like length of time and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So um, I met you, actually, I think it's been two years now. Wow. Yeah. Two wow. years this spring. Um, okay. I came to one of your groups, and that was so helpful just hearing everyone's story and seeing them nod and agreement and understanding because I just felt so alone at the time and so confused. I just, yeah. I kept trying to fix me. Right. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think I met you in like a closet in a back room somewhere in your house. And when we were on zoom. Oh, I was, I was in my office. I would go to my office okay. so that I okay. had that space and it was a small, dark room. <laughs> but, that yeah. was what it was. Yeah. I just remember that, that you, you felt very closed in and, and when you were when you were talking to me, it kind of showed also on the screen that you, you felt very closed in. Yeah. I felt very closed in and I, I doubted everything I thought, um, every decision I made. Um, and I realized that that was from the relationship. Because now that I have the space here, um, I realized that um, it started in the very beginning. He would question things like I was on a vacation with him and my son said, come up here, mom, come get me at the top of a snowbank. And I wanted to run after him, like enjoy and play, you know, in connection. Right. And at the time um, I was dating him and he said, don't go up there after him. He knows how to get down from there. And that was the beginning of doubting because I'm like, oh, was I doing the wrong thing going up there and getting him? Is, he, wow. is my son trying to manipulate me? And he started me thinking this way about my children. And it was really, he was the problem. <laughs> right. Wow. That's yeah. a perfect example of how that manipulation affects us. Yeah, it's just incredible. So now, so I was married, we dated for a couple of years. And then we married in 2004. And um, we're still married, we're going through the divorce, but we separated in September. And in September, I pretty much gave up my life as I knew it, I gave up my business. Um, I moved 1200 miles away. I wow. started a new job. Um, I didn't know where I was going to live. I mean, you should have seen me like, oh my God, I, I tear up just thinking about it because um, when I was leaving those last couple of weeks with him crying and saying he doesn't want to lose me and he's a wreck, it, 
he did that for months while the house was for sale. And then when the ha- when the closing date was approaching, it was like a couple weeks before, it just became so unbearable. So those last few days that I was supposed to be in the house, I went and got a hotel room. I was like, I just can't anymore. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I have to, and I, I did it without telling him too. Like he thought I was going to be there a few more days. And I was like, he has that time with me. That is not going to be good. So, um, when I was at the, the hotel, um, for the first time I felt, I felt safe. So I was at this hotel a week before I moved, uh, 1200 miles away. And it was just, I felt dark it just felt so dark because I felt like I needed him to live my life financially. I felt like he was an emotional support, which I'm realizing was all an illusion because he didn't have empathy. So how could he really emotionally support me? (laughs) Right. Well, that's your own projection of you onto him in regards to you, you expect other people to be the emotional support that you typically provide. Yeah. So then I realized I had that within me. It was all inside of me. I could be my own emotional support. And I had my sister. We texted back and forth and she was a help too, but she was a real emotional support. You know, he he was just a pretend. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. So I was, yeah. So I just wanted to say I was in that that hotel for a week and then um, I packed up all my stuff and I stayed in Myrtle Beach for a week's vacation after that. Good. Yeah. Good. And, and I know that, you know, when you leave these relationships, the feelings are like this huge mixture of feelings. People think, you know, I thought I'm going to get out and just, I'm going to sing from the rooftops. I'm going to be so happy. And then I wasn't like, there's yeah. so much sadness involved in this and anger and grief. You know, did you go through that as well? Oh my gosh, I did. So when I went to Myrtle beach, it was gorgeous on the outside. Like I looked at the water and I looked at the sand and I looked at the um, trees, the tropical trees. And I was like, this is so beautiful. Why does it feel so ugly inside? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was having to face all the things I was avoiding by being with him, was getting my worth by being with him, which was weird because he was actually putting me down right and making my me feel more worthless right. um so well, so doing yeah. when they push you down like that so that you feel less worthy it causes you to even try even more to gain their um their support their validation their empathy so that you yeah. can feel worthy so it it kind of keeps you more hooked and now like trying to get out of an addiction you're kind of going through withdrawals yeah yeah, like I remember, like we had, we still have a, a joint uh, um, bank account, but I remember being attached to this joint bank account. Like that was us still. And I would check the joint account because that was my marriage and that was my still being connected or bonded to him in some way. Wow. And same with the joint email. And my therapist was like, Do you really need that joint email anymore? And I'm like, well, come to think of it, nothing really comes from for me to that anymore because I have another email. Yeah. And I was like, so these things we try to keep because of that bond that we have, we try to keep that. And I was realizing that. So I I let the joint email go. And um, that was huge. Um, oh. 
Yeah. Talk about a breadcrumb. Like that's the last couple little breadcrumbs that were there for your marriage. Yes. Yes. And, and it was something that I could connect with him on and he'll, he'll text me and he'll still try to connect on these little things that we have remaining. Um, and I can kind of tell it doesn't feel like he's connecting for the purpose that he's saying. It's almost like he's trying to have that connection with me. Right. Um, right. Well, that's by the, you. the hoovering. Yeah. Trying to keep yeah. you engaged. So, so you went through this period of withdrawal and, uh, how long did that last or are you still feeling some of that? Um, so that was September. So what are we like four months now? Yes. Yes. It's, it's still there, but it's not that heavy, dark cloud as I had when I left that first month was torture, wow. but worth it, worth it to go through Yes, because there's a brightness. There's like everything like looks more vivid. Um, I don't feel stupid like I did before. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have somebody <laughs> pushing you down all the time now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell us where you are now. Like how, how does life look to you now? So now I'm starting to see that I'm very good at my job. Because um, when I was in the relationship, I would I would go to work and I would say, I'm not doing this good enough. And I would say that to myself all the time. And I noticed over these four months, it's getting less and less. And it would be, I would get these five-star reviews and I would like, I would be like, it still wouldn't make me feel better about myself and how I interacted in my job. Mm -hmm. And I just never felt good enough. And then all of a sudden it's breaking up. It's breaking up now because like I got a review yesterday and I was like, that's how I work. That's a good thing. Like they are enjoying my work and what I have to offer. And that's a good thing. And I think I'm going to close the door on doubting myself in my work. Good. And it's an, uh, and I'm like, I'm done with that. And that's because I don't have somebody pushing me down all the time. Right. You know? Right. So, yeah. so covert narcissistic abuse gets inside of us. I've said that many times that the, the abuse actually gets inside of us. And this is what I'm talking about. The self-doubt where it's not just them doubting us. It's us doubting ourselves now. So mm. those voices of doubt that, that live inside your head for a period of time, are they getting quieter? Are they getting less frequent? Are they still there a little bit? I would say a little bit, but so much quieter, so much quieter because um, I feel like I'm not as like I, the depression doesn't stay very long. If I start to feel depressed, it may be like, I don't know, an hour or two instead Good. of instead of days where I want to lay on the couch. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Cause I feel like I, I'm enjoying my home. Like my, like I run downstairs to get my morning coffee. Cause I'm like, this is so exciting. I'm going to sit in a peaceful house and I'm going to drink coffee in front of my fireplace. And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that because now this space is yours. And, yeah. and you don't have this negative energy or this dark cloud in your own home. Yeah. 
yeah, because before it'd be like I'd hear his footsteps coming down the stairs while I'm drinking my coffee. And I'm like, oh, there goes my peace. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's no more footsteps. Yeah, there's no, there's none of that energy, that intense energy. Good. Because and I I'm learning to separate my own energy. My own energy is actually relaxed and, and calm. Like I'm not, I'm not like. I don't know. I, I think I thought I was him. I I took on like his chaotic and stressful, anxious energy. And I realized when he's not in my home, I actually feel good. Yeah. Good. Like peaceful. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's amazing. It's the most amazing feeling in the world when you've been through what you've been through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this helped uh, in regards to your work. I hear you saying now you're not doubting yourself at work like you were before and, you know, better able to embrace yourself at work. What about other relationships like with your family or friends? Are those relationships uh, healing as well? I'm sure they were impacted by all of this. Yeah. So my I'm close with my sister and it's like I had them over to dinner the other night. And I noticed just something. I was criticizing my cooking, which she did. And I made lasagna. And I really didn't like the lasagna. It didn't come out good. But that doesn't make me a bad person. But I just felt like I was awful. And he goes, I go, you guys, I'm really sorry. This lasagna is not very flavorful. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish it tasted better. It's got too much cheese. And I was like, and then I said to them, I said, you know what? You guys aren't criticizing my cooking. And then um, my sister's boyfriend goes, no, you're doing it all by yourself. We're enjoying this. We don't like a lot of spices. (laughs) Good. Good. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I was, uh, we were playing Pictionary and I'm horrible at drawing. And I drew, uh, I had to draw Sleeping Beauty and I drew a stick figure and it looked like she was giving birth. (laughs) <laughs> so we so, so we all started cracking up and I could laugh at myself instead of thinking, oh my God, I'm a horrible person because I can't draw. You know well, what I mean? Good. Yes. Those are beautiful examples where I mean being able to laugh at ourselves is wonderful because I love I love laughter and I'm I mean I get what you're saying there a hundred percent. But when you're with somebody who is so critical and so um you know so overbearingly um putting you down all the time, all of this, it's hard to take a little space to be free to be you and to be able to laugh at yourself and, and all of that just goes away and becomes just a dark energy instead. Yes. And that's what's coming back is I was laughing. And you know what the difference was, is is my sister and her boyfriend, they were laughing with me, not at me. And that was different. Um, They were probably, they were probably enjoying seeing the laughter in you. Yes. And I enjoyed seeing the laughter in them. Like I was like, oh my God, they're having so much fun from this picture. Well, good, good. Yeah. So, so the, the next step is friendships because I really have not put myself out there for friendships because I didn't feel like I was good enough mm-hmm. um, because of the messages that I got in the relationship and then, you know, growing up and stuff. And I'm ready to, I'm ready to like, let that go too. That's my next step is. Okay. 
And I, I've gone out with a couple of people so far and it just, it didn't do it for me. Like I didn't feel the conversations just weren't stimulating enough or deep enough for me. Okay. And I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, that's okay. I can choose that. Yes. Yes. You get the freedom now to pick who's in your life and who's not. And and base it on on yourself. This is not you being mean. This is you putting boundaries up of who's allowed in my space and in my world. Yeah. 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 Well, like it has to be interesting for me. And it's not a, it's not a judgment on them. It's just not interesting for me. And just not the right connection. Yeah, not the right connection. And I'm yeah. yeah, so that's so I'm really excited about the potential of people coming into my life that are a good match. I'm looking good. forward to that. Good. I do firmly believe that the more we get in touch with our own heart and get some of this heaviness off of it, the judgmentalness, the criticism, and all of that, that our heart starts to blossom. And as it does, I think it attracts other people who are also in that same space. And we start attracting each other and finding those connections. In fact, I think they just kind of start showing up is what I've experienced. Yeah. And that's what I'm excited about is it feels like um, open-hearted people are on their way to me. Good. That's a beautiful thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels so good to think think about um, potential. And and I think when I was in the relationship, I didn't have this sort of hope. My hope was focused on, is he going to change and and when? Right, right. Um, That's not where the hope should needed to be. No. So now it's just like, there's so many possibilities in life. It's like, what do I want to do? Do I want to like take a drawing class just for fun? Because it's something that, I'm not good at and see what I could do. Yeah, I think you yeah. should. If you want, yeah. if you're feeling yeah. it, I think that's yeah. a direction you should go. So, well, Jean, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your story here. And before we wrap up, is there any message that you'd like to give to those out there who are at the beginning stages of this, who are feeling the heaviness, feeling the despair, feeling trapped, and don't see those glimmers of hope just yet? Um, take Take one step towards uh, being free of them just the littlest thing is going to give you hope like um getting your financial situation better um yeah and try not to feel like there's no hope because i i thought there was no way out and once you start taking the steps things show up and things fall into place and a job just just appeared a really good job and I feel like that'll happen for for so many people that that um, have faith and take just take one little step each day. Right. Well, thank you so much, you know, Jean, for sharing your story here, and everyone out there listening. You know, I I want you to know there is hope, and for those of us, and Jean and I both can attest to this, where you felt so um, just so beaten down and so I was empty, like totally empty, with no hope. That now there is life after narcissism. There is there is life. There is hope. There is joy. There is light. You know that is there to be found. So I'm I'm here for you. I'm here to be part of this journey with anybody who needs it. Reach out to me anytime, and I look forward to hearing from you, Jean. Thank you again for being here with us. Thank you so much, Renee.
And I wish everyone out there, I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.